Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I'm so glad you're here today. Today, we're going to have an amazing guest, and I'm really excited for you to meet her. Her name is Julie Benoit. Julie is a licensed professional counselor who has an all-telehealth private practice. Julie enjoys working with individuals with high anxiety, relationship issues, and life transitions. She recently started an online community for therapists like her who are navigating grief and loss while being a therapist. And my friends, you are in for a real treat by getting to meet Julie and hear her story and learn about what it's like to be more real with your own grief and loss in your life, in your work, and also in this community of therapists. So Julie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Cindy. I'm excited to be here and talk. Absolutely. It's such an important issue because we're all touched by grief and loss, not only in our work, but in our personal lives. There's there's no escaping it. And it can also be as devastating. It can also be transformative. And so I really look forward to our conversation. I shared a little background. Maybe there's something you want to add to your bio as to how you became a therapist. Sure. So I actually became a therapist. I went back to grad school at 28. So this Mm. is my second career. Before I was in business and finance, I worked at a law firm doing some accounting and billing work. Wow. That's so different. (laughs) Yes, it is. And then I decided to make a, a switch because I wanted to do something more meaningful. So I, I was longing you know, to create meaning uh, in my life and in my work. And so I went back to grad school and I am now, you know, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I'm now in private practice. I started my private practice almost as soon as I got independently licensed. Wonderful. Yes, I had my very first office, which I was so excited about around October of 2019. My goodness. (laughs) We know what's coming. You know what's coming four months later. The the pandemic started, COVID was here. And and then, so I've been doing all telehealth since then. Mm -hmm. And just to share a little bit more, during that time, I met my now husband. And he was living about an hour and a half away from me because he was active duty military. So since I was working telehealth, Mm -hmm you know, I I could do that from anywhere. So I decided to move. I actually left my hometown and I mentioned this because it's part of my grief and loss story, you know, Mm -hmm. and grief and loss just consists of so many things, not just losing a loved one, but so many losses that we all face. 
Absolutely. There's so much place attachment to one's hometown and memories and Yes. So it's, I left my hometown, moved to be with him and then he was deployed. So. Wow. Oh my goodness. And this is during the pandemic, right? During the pandemic, I was working at home Mm -hmm. by myself. So that was a grief journey in itself because it, you're really missing, you know, your loved one when they're deployed. Yeah. So I got through the deployment Fast forward to 2021, my husband came home and then a few months later, my father died unexpectedly and it was just very shocking. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Very sudden. Mm. And so that is really when my journey started of just my world was completely turned upside down and I had to figure out how to best take care of myself while also working with clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it sounds like things were, were, you were holding it together during the deployment and the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but then losing your dad, everything just crumbled. Yeah. That year was really tough because good things happened as well. You know, I met my now husband, Mm -hmm. we got engaged, but I was also dealing with the loss of my father. Oh, unfortunately, I had another loss happen. My nephew died in August of 2022. My family has been through a lot. I've been through a lot. And once again, just confronted with like, okay, how do I best take care of myself? How do I exist in this world as a, as a human while also providing space for others? And it's been a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just, before we go any further with your story, I just really want to acknowledge you, Julie, for being so vulnerable here and and sharing that. And I know you're going to give people hope who've also experienced devastating losses like you and are wondering, okay, what is she going to say next? But first, you know, let me just thank you for showing up and, and sharing this gift of your experience. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And I enjoy sharing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's something we'll get into is just the act of talking about it as a therapist. Sometimes we don't feel like we can take up that space. Most of the time. Right. You know, I've, I've found therapists often don't make the best clients, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no offense taken, I hope, but we're we're just not used to opening up in the same way. Right. And when I was going through my grief, I really had to start letting go and allowing myself to grieve, which was just harder than I had imagined because I'm putting on this face for my clients. You know, there was never any room or space for me to just be and to just release, you know, all of my emotions. Then you have to tend to family, you know, and it's just always something that where do I have? Where do my emotions go? Where and and where do you fit in? Where where do they go? And if if they don't come out, then where do they go? We know usually that's not the best. And mm-hmm. as you told your story too, I was struck by the joy that's there, right? With meeting your now husband, being engaged, and then almost no place for that joy either to exist because of the grief. Yes, it was very difficult because I had guilt. Yeah. for not being more excited mm. than I was. 
getting married without my father there. Like it was just so difficult. And at the same time, I found comfort in knowing that, you know, my father would have wanted that. Mm. He would have wanted me to start my life. Um, And fortunately, he met my husband before we were engaged. So I had a little comfort knowing that. Yeah. You mentioned that you continued to see clients or maybe you took a little time, but then you continued to see clients and you know, there's never enough bereavement time. So Mm -hmm. going back to work period is a struggle for everybody. Yes. Yes. And I was fortunate enough to be in private practice so that I could make adjustments as needed. Mm -hmm. But as you know, I mean, being self-employed, you don't get paid if you take time off. So there was a limit there. I think I took about a week off and then I slowly eased back into seeing one client a day or two clients a day, whatever I felt like I could manage. Yes. As we're shifting into this, I think, you know, let's frame this as you navigating your work as a therapist after, after personal loss. And I think this could be really helpful for other therapists and other professionals too. What was helpful for you in navigating your work? So mm-hmm. one thing was this this timing that you mentioned. Correct. Taking time off. And I really believe that all therapists need to take time off. It just might look different for everyone. But that week, that first week after a loss is so intense. You know, you're you're feeling all kinds of things. You're having to make arrangements. You're dealing with family. And so if someone can take off, I think they absolutely should. I think it might even be beneficial to take a leave of absence if if that's necessary. Yes. So mm-hmm. the first thing is taking time off. What was helpful to me is I communicated clearly to my clients. I was transparent with them in saying that I had a loss mm-hmm. and I was going to need some time off. And I actually told them, I'm not sure exactly what day I'm going to be able to return. Wow. That is amazing advice. You know, we, we see this all the time. Like, what should I do? You know, in different therapist spheres, Facebook groups and so on, what should I do after a loss? And that's really great advice because you don't necessarily know if you have a little bit of flexibility, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And often I see people ask, like, should I? Should I say, should I say why I need the time off? Right. My thought on that is I just believe in full transparency. Now you don't have to go into details or, you know, self-disclose anything that you don't want to, but I think modeling, you know, that you're a human and you had a loss and I have to take some time to take care of myself. You know, I just believe in being transparent with that. Yeah. That's, that's so important. And and it's, you know, part of what I talk about so much, whether it's around self-care or that notion of how do we survive as a therapist? If we want to keep doing this job that, that we love because it's, it's fulfilling, we get results with our clients. We, you know, we see that we're helping others make changes in their lives and then changes in the world, but we've got to somehow survive being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Right. And they care, you know, they care about you. And so Mm -hmm. you're getting to model that for them. So I believe that that was the right move for me, you know, to self-disclose that I had a loss and I'm going to be taking some time off. Yeah. 
I love what you just said, Julie. They care about you. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we overlook that, that our clients do care about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of them are going to ask about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do meet up with them again, uh, they did with me. And I just answer, you know, honestly and say that I'm doing as best as I can, but we're here to talk about you. And I would just mm-hmm. turn it around, you yeah. know, to shift yeah. back to them. Right. When you come back like that and you're, you're still still raw. I mean, you're, you're still raw today. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like that's going to, that's part of your existence now. Mm -hmm. But when somebody is a client is also touched by grief and touching on your raw spots, how do you manage that? Is it through support afterwards or other types of self-care boundaries? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing I, at first, and, and I still believe this to be true to an extent, I'm not going to take any high acuity type of clients on because there are certain things that just might be too much for me to handle when I'm dealing with my own grief. 100%. Yeah. So if you have any control over that, then, you mm-hmm. know, I would fix that or tend to that. But real the reality is you don't know when you're going to be hit with right. grief in a session with a client. Things just come up. And I've been, you know, activated before in a session where you don't have a choice but to deal with it in that moment. And so Mm -hmm. during the session, if that happens, I just take a deep breath and kind of ground myself. I use a lot of sensory things around me as well. So I might touch something. I might take a sip of water. I might smell something that I have at my desk. Mm -hmm. And I check my facial expressions too, because I wear a lot of emotions on my face. (laughs) Right, right. Might be able to tell. And that's okay too. I mean, it's so beautiful when you can be an expressive therapist and have that little bit of watery eyes or something that's just genuine because then Mm -hmm. that, you know, the client feels touched as well. So, you know, I'm all for that. I love the idea of the, you know, the sensory supports and um, we're, we're kind of sisters that way. I always have some water or something, you know, years ago when I used to do home visits, my supervisor said, well, you bring something that's going to be like a self-support into the home, right? Like whether it's your water bottle or something that, you know, could feel like a support. Um, Absolutely. That idea of smelling something's really good. These are great, great ideas. Yeah. Smelling is actually my favorite kind of Mm -hmm. self-soothing. I don't know why I've always been drawn to doing that. It makes me feel comforted, but that's what I do in session. And then of course, outside of session, receiving support through a network or supervisors and your own therapist. Right. We're talking about grief here, but it could be anything that, Mm -hmm. that activates us and, and causes some counter counter transference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just don't know when that's going to come up. It could be about anything. Yeah. And I remember, if you don't mind me sharing, just a story about someone Please. mentioning someone, a client mentioning that their father was helping them with car issues, you know, and that just struck me so hard because that's what my father did for me. So mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be around death, you right. know, or dying. There's just other little things that you never know when it's really going to hit you. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's, it's such a good example because this is just 
real life, real life for a therapist sitting in the chair. And we talked before we pushed record about how important it is for us to be organic in our work. (laughs) You know, and that's, I think that's a great example. And also being organic and checking in with your nervous system when, you know, you heard them say that and you had that memory for yourself. Yeah. And I might not necessarily disclose that, you know, to the client, Mm -hmm. but there are times when you can disclose like, wow, I'm really touched by that. I can't imagine how this must feel for you. So I kind of use my own process to reflect that back. Absolutely. The self of therapist is a concept I love to explore and talk Mm -hmm. about. I'm so excited to get to the the next thing that we were planning to discuss, which is how you created this online community for therapists who are also navigating grief and loss. And I'm so excited for you to share about it. It's a Facebook group called Embracing Loss and Life as a Therapist. Tell us the inception of it and like what's going on with it. Yeah, I was really just inspired to create a safe space for therapists to take off their therapist hat and just be a human and acknowledge that we all do face grief and loss and hardships, just like everyone else. And the work that we do with clients is so emotionally taxing sometimes. We have to really work on ourselves and be that self-aware you know, to know how things are affecting us. I just wanted a space to talk about that. My own personal journey inspired this because honestly, I feel like I was just keeping a lot of stuff in. I had this Mm. pressure to all just, just keep everything together, you know, because I just have to show up for this. I have to show up for that. And again, there wasn't really any room or space for me to be a grieving person. And there were some signs around me, like I just kept reading about Mm -hmm. other therapists who were not sure what to say, you know, how do I approach this? I just had my pet, you know, passed away. And so I just realized like, there's a real need just to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So I created the Facebook group. That's amazing. And I know it's grown quite a bit. Tell us like the significance of, you know, you started this as a, it's, a baby Facebook group, right? We yes. start a group with nobody in it and you invite a few colleagues and now what happens? Right. It's really grown. I think we have almost 300 people in there right now. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I really would like it to be a space where we can learn too. like share, let's share resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's share our stories. We all have so much valuable knowledge and information to give each other. Yeah. What have you seen in terms of this connection, the cultivation of connection within the group? Because, you know, I think there is a lot of isolation for therapists and then especially like you described going through a loss. So how do you see these connections happening? Yes. I really have seen people be vulnerable and just share in the group what they're going through. And then the amount of support that people Mm -hmm. give in return has been so heartwarming for me to see. And I don't, here's the thing. I don't want it to be a space where people feel like they have to be fixing others or be a therapist Mm -hmm. to other therapists. All we really have to do is be a witness to someone Mm. else's pain. Mm -hmm. That's just what I really want to see. And I'm just so thankful for everyone in there coming together and sharing what they have and hearing how wonderful it is 
just hearing comments from people really makes me happy. Yeah. What a beautiful mission that you each could be witnesses for the other's grief and pain. And that's, that's so inspiring and really to be emulated because we do try to fix way too much. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a natural impulse. Yeah. Yeah. With, and with grief, especially, you know, whether it's us or our client, witnessing is the most important thing because really there's never anything anyone can say to make this go away or make this better. So just having that community and that mutual understanding of with other people who are doing the hard work, I think is important. Yeah. And I just want to underscore what you said to our listeners, even with our clients with grief, witnessing is the most important thing we can do you know, giving attention to someone that's, that's one of the greatest gifts we can offer and, and to witness their suffering and pain. Right. And holding space. I like to use that term too. Mm-hmm. Uh, witnessing, holding space, just being present. So valuable. Yeah, it really is. Again, the name of the Facebook group, if anybody is curious, is embracing loss and life as a therapist. And we'll link to that for sure in the show notes. I guess what I was wondering too about the Facebook group, right? So already, Julie, you're you're dealing with your own personal loss and grief. Then you're working with clients and all of their stuff comes up like a river. You just never know. And then all of these other 300 plus therapists are sharing things. That's an awful lot for one person to take on in terms of like triggers and pain and just the exposure. I'm sure it's very similar to what you described, but is there anything else that kind of helps buffer you from that? Yeah, I'm I'm not quite faced with feeling too activated or triggered with the group. I've found that it's actually been helpful to go in the group and read some things and just see the community, you know, forming and coming together. But there has to be some boundaries and knowing myself. I have to put boundaries to put the phone away, you know, and just be present in other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. Just the same things that we teach clients, I kind of have to, you know, adhere to myself. So just knowing my limits and if I don't have the space emotionally to dive into something too deeply, then I won't, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to be really honest with that and honor my myself in that way. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. The, the honoring of ourself, you know, I think that again goes to the self-care that we need. And if we miss out on that, we're, we're neglecting that important part of ourselves. Right. And part of the work I did with myself during grief before I started this group was Mm -hmm. adjusting my schedule, having boundaries around the things I was doing, how much time I was spending, you know, on the phone or on one task versus another and noticing where my energy felt depleted, you know, versus making me feel better. And I had to make room for all sorts of things like physical therapy, going to the chiropractor, Mm -hmm. because funny enough, if you don't mind me sharing, I developed what's called a frozen shoulder. Oh no. I've heard that's one of the most painful things. Yes. And it was about three or four months after my father died that I started having this shoulder pain. Now, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. So if you think about me holding everything in, 
really how that was coming out was through this shoulder pain and frozen shoulder. Yeah. So making time in my schedule to go to physical therapy and actually move and exercise was a part of my journey as well. Right. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, whether it's something that's held in your body or just an energetic type of locking up, you know, that it, it seems to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it is a pretty brutal physical therapy uh, routine to try to uh, overcome that. Yes. Yes. It was quite an experience because emotional pain, you know, mm-hmm. and physical pain that I was dealing with. Yeah, right. And so again, that's also the the whole person, as you say, being a human and, and all the parts of ourselves, and we can't forget the body, you know, that's like, a, maybe a bottom up way of you experiencing that tremendous grief. Yes. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that your grief needs to be tended to. So it's an intentional act that you have to put time and effort into paying attention to your grief or else it will manifest in other ways. Yeah. And so with your practice now, has there been any shifts? Like I'm always curious of kind of what was it like before all of this and what's it like now? Like what is different for you is is your work actually more fulfilling because you have changed a little with the, the navigating around your personal loss and changed a little bit more with better self-care and that sort of thing? Like what's different, whether it's, you know, pros or cons? Sure. I think what's different, my, I have, am still assessing my energy levels. I mm-hmm. feel like what's really different is I can't work with that many people. Yeah. It's just, I've had to reduce my caseload significantly because I just don't have as much to give as I did prior to grief. Mm-hmm. But what I've gained is such a, a deeply profound understanding and empathy mm-hmm. for what people are going through, whether that's grief or anxiety, because I don't even specialize in grief. But whatever they're coming in with, I just have such a deeper level of understanding Mm -hmm. that it does make the work more meaningful for me. I just can't do as much of it. Sure. Right. And and that goes right back to when you were in your 20s and went back to grad school. You were looking for that meaningful work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great connection that you made there. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that word that you wanted more meaning in your work and in your life. And and we don't hear that as much as maybe we Mm -hmm. should in our, in our current world. So I'm always interested in what makes somebody feel like they have meaning and purpose. They have generativity and that's, that's so important. And the permission you just gave other therapists to say, you know what? I can't see that many people anymore. I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity. And you're actually serving your clients better by being able to provide the most that you have to them. You know, otherwise you start to only offer fragments and that, you know, we want, we want to be better than that. Yeah. And and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do a disservice to my clients. I want to show up, you know, with my whole self just available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we do profound work and then to be able, like you described, Julie, to be touched by it. Mm-hmm. that's this, this openness and maybe receptivity that was part of your transformation from going through so much of the grief. Yes, I would agree. 
you mentioned having to do physical therapy and doing some exercise. And we've talked about a lot of heavy stuff. I'm just so curious, like what else do you love to do for fun and and happy times? Yeah. So I'm going through a phase right now where I want to reconnect with some things that I used to do in my childhood, Mm -hmm. like riding my bike and roller skating. What? That's awesome. Yeah. So I find a lot of joy in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, moving the body, that is important to me. And I I have to stay physically active, um, especially working from home all day. Right. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both squirming in our chairs even right now. (laughs) Exactly. Probably a sign I need to get moving today, but Yeah. So just finding fun, creative things. I like to bake. I like Mm -hmm. to decorate cookies. Mm -hmm. I used to do um, cake decorating too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Returning back to those things that bring me some fun and joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, the fun and the freedom one gets visioning roller skating and, you know, like, that's and that's also such a playful type of exercise. Yeah. That's, that's great. And we need those creative outlets. Yeah, I think maybe that is what I'm aiming for or searching for is more play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because things have been really heavy for me the past yeah. few years. Yeah. So yeah. bringing in that play time. Mm-hmm. I it's it's so important. I know for myself, I often think that we don't have that much fun as therapists. I've actually said that aloud and and not everyone. There are some amazing rock star therapists out there who show on their Facebook and Instagram how much fun they're having. And yeah. I think that's great. And then there are some of us, myself included, who need to have more and whatever that looks like. Yeah, um, that's me also. <laughs> I think it's pretty serious work and we're serious a lot of the time, or at least I am. Yes. No, I am too. (laughs) This is part of my personality. And so that's why I'm striving to have more fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, it's just, just a little nudge for anybody else out there who feels like they don't have as much fun as they might wish. And, you know, take a page from Julie. Like if you used to roller skate as a kid, why not? Try that mm-hmm. again or riding your bike. That's that's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually makes me feel connected to my loved ones too. I listen to music, you know, that is meaningful to me or that was meaningful to them. And so that's also my way of tending to grief. That's really beautiful. I, I would not have thought of that. That's so special, right? The music can be kind of like that bridge that that helps you feel a little more connected. Yeah. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, other therapists who are either going through their own personal journeys or dealing dealing with anticipated grief, anticipated loss. I think that's another, mm-hmm. another really tough thing. Yeah, I guess the only thing left that I could say is just to get support. You know, Mm -hmm. you can definitely join our Facebook group where there's lots of support there, but have your own therapist join a support group because, as you said, sometimes we can be isolated as therapists. I think group work is so powerful. Mm -hmm. During my own journey, I did join a grief group 
So that was helpful. Yeah. But find support because you deserve to be witnessed. Your grief deserves to be witnessed. You deserve a space to just be. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful advice. So I'm going to take that as the answer to a question I always ask. What would you say to a therapist speaking from the heart? Yeah. I think you just, you just said it, Julie. (laughs) So speaking from the heart, what would you say to a client? Yeah. To a client, I would say that remember your therapist is a fellow traveler in this world and we are not perfect human beings. (laughs) I love that. That's so great. That's so great. Well, I want people to know where they can find you, Julie. So first we're going to link in the show notes, your website, which is jbcounseling.net. And also I noticed on there, you offer a professional consultation for therapists. So Mm -hmm. it's more than just client facing. Like if a therapist wants to contact you about something. Yes. I love talking to other therapists and I have helped many colleagues like just start up their private practice. I don't offer, you know, full-blown coaching or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I just enjoy having consultations. I also like discussing clients. So Mm -hmm. case consultations as well, and they can always find me online. I'm always on Facebook and inside the group. Yes. And remind everyone about the Facebook group again. Yes, it's embracing loss and life as a therapist. Okay, great. Yeah, and I know your group is um, amazing as well. I've I've been in there for a while, and it very much lines up with you know my values as well. So there there are people out there who appreciate the info that we have. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for saying that, Julie. Yes, my group is the heart centered therapist community on Facebook, and you can find it. And that's actually how Julie and I met. This is the first time we see each other, but mm-hmm. we've communicated in the different posts throughout. So, you know, you really can't underemphasize the type of connections that you can make online. It, it can be really great. Right. So it's so wonderful to meet you. And again, my, my deepest thanks for you sharing your story with so much vulnerability and, and my, my sympathy still goes out to you to have comfort and strength as you go through this journey. It's just been a real pleasure getting, getting to meet you today, Julie, and and for you to share with our listeners. Thank you so much, Cindy. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.